This is Nathan Shanes, the network manager at Uptown Audio, and you're listening to The Crennan Project. How's it going, Bryson? Going good, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be on the project. Absolutely, man. I was excited to get you on. Um, you know, I, I think I first heard about you when we were at um, the uh, the banquet. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you're a very popular person. <laughs> you're a very hardworking person from what I've heard, too. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. You know, I uh, just some advice I was given, you know, through journalism conferences I've gone to is you have to be the hardest worker in the room. And, you know, I'm a pretty spiritual person, so I think that's you know, God's way of helping me along for sure. Yeah. Well, you're getting ready to, you graduate what, Saturday, right? I graduate Friday. Yeah. 10 a.m. You excited? I I am excited. Um, I'm done with my undergrad, but I'm coming back Uh for my uh, master's. So I'll be here for two more years at Charlotte, um, get my communications degree in the master's program. I'll be doing a teaching assistantship. I'll be back at the Niner Times, which is a newspaper. So I'll be doing that as a editorial at-large position that's what we're calling it mm-hmm. um so i'll be around unc charlotte couldn't get rid of me that easy so does it does it feel weird to know that like you're kind of done with a large section of you know your education and you're kind of does it feel like you're moving into like the jedi mastership as opposed to like being a jedi knight yeah man i definitely definitely agree with you i just got done with my final exam today's wednesday so that was about an hour ago i was done i was leaving because I was in um, the Denny building. I'm leaving. I'm like, hey, my undergrad is done. Like, I'm done, done. So uh-huh. um, it's nice. I mean, after 16 years of <laughs> school, it's nice to kind of be done. But I, I, I don't know if I'm, you know, up there in those Jedi ranks yeah, yet. Right. But I'm trying. I'm trying. You <laughs> what know? are you majoring in again? I, I'm communication studies major, uh, journalism minor. So, Whoa. Yep. That's, so uh, what, what's, your, what's your ultimate goal? Um, so my ultimate goal is to work in – uh, sports media, mm-hmm. so either uh, broadcasting, sports broadcasting, which is kind of what I did in like middle school and high school. I announced a lot. Um, I'm a sports guy through and through. That's what my position was at the Niner Times, was sports uh, editor. And so I was kind of like, you know, I want to do play-by-play announcing. That's what I want to do. And then COVID hit, and I decided, well, you know, I'll give this Niner Times thing a try. I mean, we were at home. There wasn't much to do. We weren't on campus, so I'm like, yeah. why not? You know, and of course, that was a tough time because not a lot of sports were being played. Right. Um, and so I just kind of worked hard, worked really hard. And that year, I wrote about 70, 80 stories for sports. Whoa. And I'm like, you know what? I love writing. And it's funny. Like, COVID was a bad time, but it was a good time for me because I discovered, like, this is a career path maybe I had kind of not thought about. And that's what I think that – it's really dumb. Yeah. Sports media. I'm really fascinated by sports. Um, you know, I could never play because I have a disability. I have Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And so announcing and writing are a way for me to still kind of stay in it uh, and do my thing. And now as I've kind of grown up and matured, I see how sports, what it is as a facet of society. And it's really important. So I think that's kind of what I want to do is something with sports. Um, either would be great, but right now journalism is kind of what I want to go into because I love writing. So one of the things that you just said that really stuck out to me is, so 
you and and you can totally stop me if this is something you're uncomfortable with, but like did you you suffer from muscular dystrophy? dystrophy yep. Uh, did that kind of spur on you being super interested in sports, like to where you, you know it, it's it's where it's like, oh man, like maybe I can't do certain things. Did that like kind of spur you on into like being super interested in sport? Uh, well, first you can ask me any questions about okay. my disability. Cool, You're cool. not overstepping. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I. You know, it's it's interesting you bring that up because I think that when you're a disabled person, you know, I think you look at people and, and you kind of look at the feats that, that they're doing. And I think that that's kind of something that's always been interesting to me. But, you know, I wasn't always in a wheelchair. I was able to walk for hmm. about the first 12 years of my life. So, you know, I just remember, like, going out um, on the playground and playing and stuff like that. But to be honest with you, my disability did spur on my interest in sports. So um, I'm a big Cincinnati sports fan. Okay. Bengals, Reds, all that stuff. Bengals was a tough decision for a while <laughs> until recently. Um, but so I used to go and get treatment at the Cincinnati Children's Hospital. Is that where you're from? Uh, no, I'm from Concord, actually. From Concord, oh, wow. North Carolina. Yeah. So I'm t- from 15 minutes from here. But at a young age, you know, my parents would take me up to the Cincinnati Children's Hospital to get treatment. Um, and, of course, you know, not anything bad. It was just like my, my yearly checkups. And they have... Cincinnati Children's Hospital is amazing. Um, I mean, it, it really is one of the best um, programs and hospitals out there. And so one of the first times we were staying in Cincinnati, my parents were like, you know what, let's go to a Cincinnati Reds game. And so I was still getting into sports, but I knew there was this player named Johnny Gomes that was on the Reds. I knew we were going to Cincinnati. And so I was fascinated. This was about when I was eight years old. And my parents bought tickets, and we went – to the Reds game. The Reds played the Washington Nationals in 2009. And Johnny Gomes comes up the bat and hits three home runs in that game. Reds blow out the Nationals. And I went, you know what? I'm a sports fan, but I'm a Reds fan. And so then it became, okay, you know, um, I'm going to be a Cincinnati sports fan. And then the next year we went back up. I was getting into football, and I went, I'm going to be a Bengals fan. It's been heartbreaking for both of them, yeah. but – Right. Um, but yeah, disability. My disability did bring on a lot of my interest in sports because it was my love for those Cincinnati teams and those trips to Cincinnati, getting to go to the Reds games. That really made me go. You know, I love sports in general. So I, I would say it does. I would say it does. So what? What is mul- multiple or muscular dystrophy? Muscular dystrophy. What? What is that like specifically? Um, but yeah, so I have muscular dystrophy. There's 43 different types. But I have Duchenne, which is um, it's it's a disability and a neuromuscular condition that affects the strength in all of my muscles. Is so, it genetic? Uh, it's not gen- – well, it is and it isn't. In my case, it isn't. So um, normally with muscular dystrophy and Duchenne specifically, it is passed down through the mother. The mother is a carrier of it, and it gets passed down. Um, but with my case, my mom got tested because she was really worried that she – had something in her genes that affected it. I just had a genetic mutation at birth. Um, mm. Nothing that was genetic, but it is a genetic thing that gets passed down. But mine, it's just a, a mutation. Nothing that my parents could have done. It just just happened. So did they know at birth, or is it one of those things that that kind of develops as you start getting older and older, or or do they do like blood work off the bat and, and they know right away? So most boys that have it. Now the reason why I keep saying boys is because. Mm. Women don't really get it because when it comes to um, 
men, they have the X and the Y. Right. Well, muscular dystrophy and comes with, so your body produces a protein called the strophin. Mm-hmm. And so it produces this protein. Well, let's say it's a full circle. Well, mine stops halfway. It doesn't produce it. Well, in the Y chromosome, the Y is very small. But with women, if one of their X's doesn't do it, their other X will produce at even higher rates mm-hmm. to do it. So for women to have it, it's very rare. But um, with with mine, um, that's just kind of how it is um, there. So. Whoa. Well, that's... I, I guess like I, I hey can you go back to that real quick because I was gonna ask a question about that. Can you click on that, that far picture over there, the one on the right. Yeah. So, with that right, is that, is that accurate as far as you kind of so, would you is it easier to say that my muscles develop stronger, versus what your muscles would do? Is that yeah, a yeah. fair assessment. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. So people that are able to do it, um, you know, that have that don't have issues with their dystrophin, your muscles are stronger, and, and over time, mine kind of degenerate, sort of thing. So is that why you were able to walk before? Yeah. So um, kind of answering your other question. So most boys are diagnosed from three to five. Whoa. So one of my doctors, um, it was just a normal family doctor, kind of had noticed because with People that have Duchenne, their calves are really big. Um, they're unable to run. They're unable to jump from a young age. And I didn't really do any of that. I couldn't do that from a young age. And so um, when I was five, I was diagnosed November 1st, 2005. My doctor in the months leading up to that told my parents, hey, you know, your son is kind of showing these signs. You should go get it checked out. And that's kind of what happened um, there. And that's how I was diagnosed. But, yeah, so over time, my muscles kind of degenerate, like you said, so – I was able to walk for the first 12 years of my life, but with muscular dystrophy, there's different types of walkers, way that people walk. So I used to walk on my tiptoes all the time. So it got to the point where, you know, you're putting so much pressure on your toes and on your feet and on my calves, I was struggling to walk. Was Was that because your nerves were forcing you to be on your tiptoes, or was that just a natural kind of... It's just a natural thing that happens with Duchenne. Um, yeah, so some people can walk flat on their feet, and it doesn't affect them, but some walk on their tiptoes. There's, like, three or four different types. Is it painful? Um, yeah, it was painful. Like, it wasn't too bad at first, but long distances were the struggle. And then with the disability, how it goes is long distances would go from short distances. That would be hard for me to, to walk and go through. And so uh, one of my, my doctors in Cincinnati recommended – my parents and I go and do this surgery called myofascial release, where they go in and they cut your heel cords, and your feet go from this to kind of flat. Well, when I went in and did the surgery, they cut too much of my heel cord. And so it's not it's not like a super bad thing, but it went from where I could barely move my feet to, you know, now I can move them really quick. So you were supposed to go get your heel cord cut. Yep. And they cut too much of it. Yep. Holy crap. So then yeah. do you have like you have like you said you can move them really quickly? Yeah, like so if you look under the <laughs> table like now I'm able to move them like I like Whoa. I couldn't before. Well, so my legs have always had the strength for me to walk again. So we did that and I was going to have to learn to walk again. Well, my doctors have said your legs are always strong. Your legs could hold you. But when you go from here to here, your hips can't keep up with the change of gravity. I see. And so I did physical therapy for a while, and 
I'm, I'm going to just be honest with you. Like, I don't know. Uh, I guess this goes back to my spiritual thing. My, my parents have always been God first. They're, we're, I'm, I'm a diehard Christian, um, very devout, and they kind of went and got into their faith and were stronger because of it. And it's just one of those things like losing the ability to walk, I kind of was okay with it. You know, I kind of came to the conclusion like, you know what, I'll never walk again. And now that I've gotten older, um, I can honestly say I'm proud to be a disabled person. Like it's, I'm just a normal person, a part of a different group. Have you been told you'll never walk again? Um, so I haven't been told that, but um, I just kind of figure at this point I won't be able to walk or put pressure on my legs. And, you know, it's it's okay with it, but I just kind of, unless there is a cure for this, I probably won't. Um, but it's okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool to be a disabled person and, and live in a wheelchair because uh, I go faster than most people that walk normal anyway. So. Is it hard to go through college being in a wheelchair or being – you know, dealing with the disability? I will honestly say uh, there are things that are tough. Yeah. But I, I've been really, really blessed that my journey here at Charlotte, um, my four years, have really helped me kind of embrace being disabled. There are a lot of great people here on this campus, um, and especially the Niner Times where, you know, I've, I've always kept it real with people. If you have a question about my disability, ask me. I'd rather you ask and I can inform you about what it is, and mm. you just assume things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, it's it's been tough in aspects. Like, I still live at home, so I live about 15 minutes from here. My parents have to help me commute because mm-hmm. um, I can't drive. Um, and so that's that's tough. Like, things happen where they have to come. And my, my dad um, has worked for 30 years at U.S. Food Service, and he gets up at 2 a.m. to go to work every day. So it's one of those things where I've always had an early bedtime. I go to bed at 8 p.m. every night. Do you really? Yeah, I do. Good I do. for you. Um, and I wake up at 6 a.m. I get Good that. For you. I get that 10 hours of sleep. But you know, it's tough because like if I could put myself in bed, I'd stay out more or be able to stay longer at night or times meetings. So that's tough. You know, not being here for like sporting events. Like I said, I'm a big sports guy, so I want to go to as many sporting events as I can. But sometimes, you know, I'm not able to because during a weekday or whatever. So, um, you know, it's it, it's tough in that aspect. But when you have, like, the disability services here at UNT Charlotte, mm. I commend them for everything they do. I mean, they really give parents and students who have disabilities, like, this peace of mind that, you know what, I can conquer kind of whatever yeah. I feel like. And so I was able to get accommodations through them. There's a paratransit here on campus, mm-hmm. which is a – like handicap van service it goes and picks up people who have you know mobility issues or in wheelchairs and honestly I, you know I toured a couple universities and this is the most accessible campus I think I've ever seen I mean just the programs they have in place um, and things like that so it's tough in some aspects but I've been really blessed that it's so easy to transverse this campus and move around in, in a wheelchair and um, and I, I will say this, when you're a disabled person, you just have to ask for help sometimes. And that's something that, in my opinion, restores your faith in humanity a little bit. Because mm. when you ask somebody, hey, I need help with this. Or I can't open this spot, or we open it. And they'll do it. Complete strangers do it. Um, and I've been lucky that I have a really strong friend group yeah. that they've been able to pick up on how to help me. So college is tough in some aspects, but, man, I'm just 
I'm just so thankful to be able to live my life to the fullest and be able to have a college experience because there are some disabled people who struggle with that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's hard in some aspects, but it's been a lot of fun for the four Do years. Do you ever have moments where you get frustrated with, you know, whether it's, you know, you're dealing with an assignment or you feel like people are just, they're doing too much, you know, and they're like, they're trying to over-accommodate for you. Do you ever feel frustrated or get it kind of you kind of feel bad for people because they don't understand that you are capable of doing certain things yeah I think that um when it comes to my physical condition some of the frustrations is like losing the strength in my arms which is what I'm going through that kind of happens later on and so that's frustrating to an extent when it comes to like picking up my bag sometimes it's not it's easy picking up food um and so that's that's tough but honestly you kind of when you're disabled, when it comes to physical stuff, you find ways around it. Um, How do you take notes? Um, so I'm, I'm able to type and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I have all the strength in my, my hands and stuff like that. I do have note takers through the disability services. Do you? Um, That's cool. That help, but I'm, I'm able to take my notes, do my assignments, do all that. So, so even when you're writing stories, too, you're using a computer, right? Yeah. Does yep. it? Do you ever feel like your muscles get tired on you? And does it ever feel like it's you're kind of pushing too hard to the point where you, you start to be sore? Is that is that like a side effect or is that? Uh, honestly, no. Um, it doesn't hurt to type a lot, um, but like picking up stuff is really where I struggle with that. But no, with typing, I'm able to, it really gives me that, free range where I'm able to do as much and not, not get tired with it. Is it strictly for, I was just looking at some of these things that he has up here, but is it strictly your muscles or is it kind of nerves and joints that are affected? Uh, it's strictly the muscles. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's strictly the muscles because, um, yeah, it affects all the muscles in the is body. Is it painful? But, um, I'll say, yeah, sometimes, but like, I'm not in pain constantly. Like I think Normal per, you know, I fell in 2009 and broke my femur bone. So I have a metal plate in this leg. Oh. And so when it gets cold outside or raining, I, it starts aching a little bit. Uh, but no, not really. Like, I'm not normally in pain. I mean, there's struggles where I get sore, but like, like a normal person. But no, I'm not normally in pain because of it. It's just, you know, sometimes that the weakness comes back. And that's, that's really the big thing. It's more weakness than actual, like, physical pain. So yeah. And did it stop again? No. Okay. Will you eventually lose your, you said it's degrading in your arms. Will you eventually lose your hands' ability to type and such? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't really know. Um, I know people that have what I have, and they're still able to do things. Their arms are just weaker, and they need more assistance. Um, I, I don't think I'll lose the strength in my hands. At least I hope not. Um. But no, I don't. I don't think I'll lose full ability. But just as time goes on, I'll have to put more systems into play to help me. But um, that's that's really the easy part. Is can you look up like the demographics of muscular dystrophy? Like, uh, like how you common know? it is? Yeah. Do it's you a know the top of your head? I'll, I'll pull it up. Um, I think it's one in two thousand uh, kids get it. So. Um, when you look at those, like, it's kind of rare, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's not something that happens a lot. And so uh, muscular dystrophy falls under, well, Duchenne falls under, like, a rare genetic disease. You said there's 40 types, right? 43, yep. So um, one of the ones you might know is, like, ALS. Okay. So, so that falls under the muscular yeah. dystrophy arc. Um, like the ALS, the ice bucket challenge? Yeah, That yeah. got super huge. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and I actually did it for a person that I knew that had it. Um, his name was Aguinito, and um, he just actually passed away a little bit ago. But it's not normal to live really long with ALS. It's like three to five years is life oh. expectancy. He lived with it for like 25. So he was continuously beating the odds. And, uh, and he lived into his old age. He was about 50, 60, something like that. So, um, But, yeah, I actually did that. And the Ice Bucket Challenge was, honestly, that was really cool to see. That's one of those things that, like, there's a lot of division in our world. There's a lot of people want to get mad, and you see stuff like that, and everybody just bonds together. That was really cool. Um, and again, it just shows how strong, like people with disabilities, how strong the community really is. So, does the blood just not flow through your muscles the way mine would? Um. So the the blood flows normal through mine. Yeah. Um. It's just. Just like the muscles, um, but yeah, no, the blood flow is normal. Okay. Um, but like one of the bigger things is my heart. So your heart is the biggest right. muscle. Um, but I've gone and had checkups at Duke Hospital. That's where I go now. I don't go to Cincinnati. And they're like, yeah, Duke your heart hospital? is. Sh- What'd you say? Duke Hospital. Yep. Yeah. They're like the best in the country, aren't they? Yeah. Like one of the so best. I've been, I've been, I've been pretty lucky to have Cincinnati and Duke, which are two really great. Hospitals, uh, but Duke. The last, one of the last times I went, they're like, "Yeah, because I'm." Are a you a Duke fan? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm a I'm a Carolina fan. Through okay, and through. I was gonna say you might uh, we might have to end this uh, this this session <laughs> if you're a Duke. No, I'm just kidding. No, man, I'm not a Duke. My fan brother's at all. a big Duke fan. So. I'm I'm the type of person uh, when I go to Duke Hospital to wear Carolina stuff. Honestly, so how does that go? <laughs> it, it it goes okay. Do they make you wait in the waiting room longer? <laughs> I don't think so. You can tell uh, us, Bryson. If you're being held hostage <laughs> there, you can tell us now. No, you know, it's funny. A couple of times that I've been, people come in and be like, oh, you're wearing Carolina stuff. Thank God. I'm so tired of seeing Duke stuff in here. And I'm Whoa. like, wow, like, you might need to keep that to yourself. Well, I think the I was <laughs> I read a, I read an article that was saying, like, students don't go to Duke because they're proud to be a Duke Blue Devil. They go because the curriculums and – you know, the, the, the level of education is so high. I, yeah, I think that a lot of it is. I mean, they've got great. They're one of the best colleges yeah. out there. But, yeah, I think you're right on that. Like, I think a lot of people go, like, there are some. I definitely think they have a following. But I think if you're from North Carolina, you understand how big that rivalry is. But, yeah, their academic programs are great. But their academics before athletics, even though um, their athletic programs are, are up there. Do you think Coach K kind of put Duke on the map? If it wasn't for Coach K, Duke would have never been as popular as they are. I am not a Coach K guy, but I can respect what he's done for the game of basketball yeah. and what he's done for Duke. I do agree with you. I think that um, I think he's helped put it on the map for sure. Because, I mean, when they got there, they were not a great program, and he really elevated it, and I think Carolina got lucky too with – with Dean Smith, and because yeah. before Coach K got there, Duke had never won a national title, and then once right. he got there, they kind of won all their things. But yeah, I do think without without him, it would have, and Duke probably would never reach the. Do you know how many titles he's won? Can you look that up? I think Trey. five. I think Duke has it, five. But also, I mean, with him coaching the Olympic team too. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I think they've got like an insane amount of medals. Yeah. Right. Who's Coach K? It's uh, Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, I yeah, yeah. There it is. Back up. There you go. I was gonna say I don't know how to spell his last yeah. name, but it's uh Kershevsky. And what do you what stat do you? We were trying to see how many 
titles he won. Uh, yeah, five national titles, 13 Final Fours, 15 ACC tournament championships, and 13 ACC regular season titles. He's 76? Yeah. What? Yeah, he, uh, he's got he some good genes, bro, for, for, for 76. Yeah. Uh, how many can he you? He coached for 42 seasons. Whoa. Can you look up and see how many U.S. or Olympic gold medals or Olympic medals he's? He can probably click on his Wikipedia. Yeah, and that's it'll all come up. Yeah. Yeah, because if you look Bruh, at Let's see. Guy. He played basketball at Army? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he played at the. Whoa. I didn't know he was from Chicago either. He is overall 1,202 wins versus 368 losses. Yep. One of the all-time winningest coaches. Whoa. Yeah. So what is that? That's like 1,500 or 1,570? Yeah. 15. Wow. Yeah. So out of 1,570 games, he's only lost 368. 101 and 30 in the NCAA tournament. What is that ratio? That's uh, 0.766. The people, of course. Right, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the exact number? 0. 0.7. Uh, go back. I think it was, uh, no, yeah, for the full total is 1570. 1570 divided by 3. 368? 4. So every every game he loses, he wins 4.6. Wow. That's, I mean, I... That's I don't think there's another coach like that. Can you go back to the Wikipedia and scroll down to um I want to see how many Olympic medals that he has. Um good grief. Yeah, Beijing, London, Rio. De Janeiro. So gold, 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 gold. And then in the FIBA, which is like uh, the FIFA World Cup, but for basketball, he's got two gold medals there too. Whoa. So, did he play in the Olympic Games in 84 and 92? No, he coached. He coached that? He coaching. Yeah, and then in the Olympics, he's got two gold medals, and then the FIBA Americas, he's got two more. Imagine going to his house and, like, stepping in the alcove of the lobby and, and his wall of, like, just achievements and trophies. and. I would say a lot. And 45. <laughs> So he's an expensive guy, man. Yeah, because you know Duke. I mean, they were the one and done uh, program for a long time. I don't know, man. I'm a little biased, Carolina. I think Dean Smith's a better coach all time. But you know, that's do you think Dean Smith was better than Roy Williams? That's a good question. I think Dean Smith paved the way for Roy Williams. I think Roy Williams is a fantastic coach. Yeah. Um, but I do think Dean Smith was better because you know at the time when Dean Smith, you know, the first year when Dean Smith inherited the program. They were like 15 and 16, missing NCAA tournament, and they burned crosses in his yard because of how bad. They were trying to run Dean Smith Can you look out. that up? Can you, like, pull that up? I want to see if there's any, like, footage or, like, you said it's in Dean Smith, right? Dean Smith, yeah, yeah. And Whoa. then De- Dean came in, and Carolina had won one national title before he got there. Um, Dean Smith coached Michael Jordan. Yeah, he did. Yeah, right? he recruited and brought him in, and. And they they won in uh, eighty two, which was the first time since like the fifties that they had won a Whoa. that they had won a title. He was hung in an effigy. Wow. So I'm get. I, I mean, I don't know much about Dean Smith, but I'm guessing that he was 
kind of looked at as like a traitor because he endorsed the you know black athletes playing for him. Is that kind of what you're what you're saying? Is like uh, no, I just think they just didn't play up to the standards. Yeah, and they kind of did that because they because they wanted to run him out after that first season. Um, you know, and and that's just the basketball here. But yeah, they um, yeah they definitely that that's a story that I've heard growing up and stuff like that about the the cross thing. But yeah, I mean they were not they were not very happy with the performance, and then. I, I think, you know, you just got to be patient sometimes because it paid off really well for them. Yeah. I mean, well, one thing I didn't know, we were looking this up, is that um, Michael Jordan's dad was murdered in Fayetteville. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Um, and that led to him going to play baseball, actually. Oh. When his dad passed away, his dad always wanted Michael to go play baseball because Michael uh, played at Laney High School. And my dad would tell me stories because my dad went to Jacksonville, so they met head on multiple times when he was growing up. He played Michael Jordan multiple sports because Laney was in that area. And Michael was a lot of people say he was even a better baseball player than he was basketball. Um, but of course, basketball paying out pretty well for him. But I mean, and my dad would kind of talk about you know him playing baseball and how they would beat Laney in baseball. But my dad always tells me this story about when they went to Laney High School and Laney. At the time, you know, they have the runouts at basketball games. Where mm-hmm. He was like, that was not really heard of. And they went to Laney. Jacksonville High School went to Laney. And Laney did the the lineups. Everybody was so loud. And my dad talks about it was so loud in that gym that he was dribbling the ball up the court. And he looked down and the ball had rolled out of bounds. It was so loud he didn't even know he was dribbling. He couldn't hear the ball. And so that's what happened. Holy crap. Yeah, and and he said, yeah, Laney dogged them out a little bit. And then, it, uh, but yeah, so his dad passing away. Because, you know, he I mean, he was on top of the world, but a lot of people say, so Jordan leaves the Bulls and goes to play baseball right. Uh, right. for those two years. A lot of people say that was a ban from, um, from the league, from David Stern, because uh, it was like a secret two-year ban for him betting on games. And his gambling. Do you think that basketball is a lot more different? Do you watch a lot of basketball? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you think that, that people, the, the, the NBA players today, obviously, like, the level of athleticism has just quadrupled yeah. plus, right? Yeah. Like, I people mean, can jump out the gym like, on a normal basis yeah, It's like Steph Curry and, you know, Kyrie Irving. I yeah. mean, these guys are, like, insanely athletic. Mm-hmm. And But I do think that... Unfortunately, I think the NBA has gotten a lot really political, which is sad. Mm-hmm. But I also see like I'm not a LeBron James fan, right? I'm just not because I I I've, I've watched a lot of the flop videos where you know he's flopping around and yeah. whatever. It seems to me versus like the '80s and '90s and even early 2000s with like Allen Iverson and you know early Ron Artest and yeah, um, you know Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal, basketball was rough. Like, it was rough. Now they've kind of gotten soft, right? And yeah. I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the game has changed from the 90s. When Jordan was playing, this is why I think Michael Jordan is the undisputed go to basketball. He's one of my favorites. Because during that time, like, people were like, oh, well, they had expansion teams. Yes, that was true. But for every finals that he won, they went against a top team. 90, they beat the Lakers with Magic Johnson. Right, yeah. You know, uh, in a couple years, they beat – the Blazers with Clyde Drexler, who was in his prime. They beat Charles Barkley and the Suns. They beat the Supersonics when they had Peyton and Kemp. Yeah. I mean, the the and then the Jazz, too, with Malone and Stockton. They beat them twice. Um, in my opinion, every one of Jordan's finals, 
You know, I mean, they're six and zero, and he had two three peats. There's only been three three peats ever when it comes to NBA champions, and Jordan has two of them. And then, and then you sit there and think the two years that he went and played baseball, you know, he would have met the Rockets in the finals with with Akeem Olajuwon. So it's kind of like during that time, it's definitely it's definitely changed. Um, why Why do you think people like? LeBron James is. I'm going to use him in particular. Is wh- why did he go from the Cavaliers, you know, to the to the Lakers, you know, and kind of the Heat and go back and forth to all these teams to try? Do you think that that kind of devalues his credibility as a player to lead a team, or does it? Do you feel like he's relying on other people to help him get to a championship? Well, you know, that first stint in Cleveland, he was a fantastic player. You know, he took the Cavs to the finals at 07, and they were swept by the Spurs. Uh-huh. I mean, they didn't even stand a chance. Um, you know, and, and then he, I think. And you know, you're referring to the team with, like, Tony Parker and T- Tim Tony Duncan Parker, Manny Ginobili, one of their first rings that, that they won. That was an unbelievably powerful team. Like, I think one of the most powerful basketball teams. And then that time. Cavs team had LeBron, but they had Anderson Varejao, and they yeah. had Sidarius Ilgoskis, and then they had Eric Snow running the point. You might be like, who's Eric Snow exactly? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and so I, th- I think at that point, the Cavs, so this has kind of happened through basketball a lot, is you have this star player, and the star player says, please build around me. Like, I can't do it all. And this happened with Allen Iverson. You know, he was great for the Sixers. They got to the finals one year, won a game or two, and ended up losing. And they never built around AI after that. So then AI left. Well, LeBron, I think at that time, had gone as far as the Cavs were going to go at that time. So he goes, no, I'm going to go to Miami. But what really hurt him was not that he went to Miami. It's that they made this spectacle on ESPN called The Decision. Right. And so a lot of Cleveland fans felt kind of like it was a slap in the face. Like, you're from Akron. No, and then you go and do that, and you kind of – and so that's what made it the big thing was that he became the villain. And I, you know, and so the decision, I think if he didn't do that and just went to Miami, Cavs fans would have felt differently. You're on national TV, they're hyping up this decision. And so, um, and then, you know, when he went to Miami, he won it with the big three. And in my opinion, you know, that was kind of, I think it did devalue him a little bit because in, in none of the runs that he's had, has he, like, okay, so Michael had. Scotty Pippen, who's one oh, of the yeah. best threes ever. Yeah. Um, but you know, Jordan did his own thing. Like Jordan was the centerpiece. But LeBron, he you know, the titles he's won, he's won with the big three. He won one in Cleveland, but he had Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Although I think that one on the second time in Cleveland helped his legacy a lot. But then he won the one in the bubble, which a lot of people are kinda like, I don't know if that's like a true title. And he brought in A D, so I think LeBron is, in my opinion, the second greatest player to ever play the game. Yeah, I, I mean, I think when a lot of people hear me talk about LeBron, they think I'm just a, a LeBron hater. I think he's a terrible player. No, I, I think he's one of the greatest players to ever play the yep. game. It, it's it's obvious. But the, the 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 thing that I see is that, you know, he ha- he couldn't do it in Miami by himself. Yep. He had to do it with Chris Bosh. He had to do it with Dwayne Wade. Yeah. You know, he had to do it with Ray Allen, mm-hmm. you know, and now he's in L.A. Yep. And, I mean, that L.A., you would think that's a pretty powerful team. Yeah. With, you know, Anthony Davis and all these other guys that they have there at their in their arsenal. 
it shouldn't even be a question of who they can be. Yeah. You know, it should be how quickly can they beat them. But when you're up against a team like the Warriors, mm-hmm. who have the, I mean, I, 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 without taking our hometown boy Steph Curry out of it, the the even if Steph Curry wasn't a part of the Warriors, they had Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson for like they two or three would of his be ranks. a dangerous basketball team. Yep. I mean, just a dangerous basketball team. Mm-hmm. And with Steph Curry on there, I mean, it's almost like trying to like punch a tornado. Yeah. It's impossible. You know, and I think if anybody can do it, it is the Lakers. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I just the level of athleticism with like all these newer players and with LeBron, you know, I think LeBron's like what, forty eight, forty is he he's in his late forties. Is he in his mid forties? Yeah. Um I mean he's a, he's oh he's thirty eight. Oh, Maybe 30, I'm tripping. Yeah. I don't know. He looks a lot older than that, right? Yeah. He's well, six. Well, you know, he's played since he was eighteen, so you know, he didn't go to so that's a college. so that's a an eighteen year difference, right? A twenty year difference. Yeah, it, but too, you know, with LeBron, I'm not the biggest LeBron guy either because you know you got to have somebody you love to hate because LeBron is a great player, and the thing about LeBron, he wins a lot. So, but I'll I'll, I'll say this: um, I think that if the Lakers, because they're up three to one on the Warriors, mm-hmm. if the Lakers can run to the NBA Finals and win this year, I think that will help his legacy a lot. But see, the Warriors, for me, the Warriors seem to like being down. Yeah. That's yeah. when they seem to, like, turn on the thrusters. Turn it up. yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it, it's almost like some they have some sort of kryptonite to where they can just, like, it's like uh, in Space Jam. They can drink Michael's special stuff, and they just come back out of nowhere. Yeah. And they just, I mean, they get out there and they play like they've never played before. They play like somebody's chasing them. Yeah, and, and for me, too, like with LeBron, I, I'm rooting for the Lakers for some reason. Are I, you? I don't know. I just really feel like I think this happens, like, for me a lot. You can dislike a player, but at near the end of their career, when you know that you might not see Tom, Tom Brady is one that comes to mind. I didn't like Tom Brady for a while. Never hated him because the Bengals and the Patriots never, the Bengals never got that far to face the Patriots. Right. Um, but Tom Brady, I mean, just the greatest quarterback ever. And you sit there, and when it's coming to an end, you know, I need to marvel at this because I won't have it yeah. forever. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a song, there's a TikTok sound, it goes, you know, it says, like, I am just a phase because it's the truth. Like, life goes on. And I think with LeBron, I don't know how much time he's got left, especially with Bronny coming out. I think he's going to stick around, and wherever Bronny gets drafted, he's going to go play. He's already said that. I was uh, I was talking about that with one of my coworkers because you know Michael. I think it's in the um, the Charlotte. There's a Charlotte article about Michael Jordan's trying to pull out. Yeah, uh, the yeah, Hornets he's trying to sell whatever, the stake, yeah. right? Uh, which I don't think would be the worst thing in the world. I don't but, think it would be either. Uh, I don't really think there is such a worst thing in the world when it comes to the Hornets. Right now, um, well, you know, but. Michael. I, I, I love Michael to death. He's a fantastic player, awful owner. I mean, you know. If you look, oh yeah. You know, look yeah. when he he got the Bobcats. Charles Barkley tells the story. They're out playing golf. Jordan loves golf, so Charles is out there, and he goes, "You know, who I think we're going to take this." You know, when the Bobcats were coming around, and Charles like, "Who? Adam Morrison." And Adam Morrison, they took like really high, and Charles Barkley said, "Don't. You're going to mistake." He became a bust. But he ended up winning two rings because he sat on the bench for the Lakers when Kobe was there. Um, Look at that haircut, man. Great great college basketball player. Terrible pro player. Look at that haircut. Man. Yeah, he went number three in the draft. 
Um, 2006, went to Gonzaga. Yeah. Oh. Led them in the tournament um, and got them far. That put Gonzaga on the map, like the powerhouse we know today. But, yeah, and Adam Morrison, Sean May, who played at North Carolina. They took Raymond Felton high. Like, Raymond Felton at least had a good career. But Jordan's draft history, Cody Zeller. I mean, that was a number four overall pick. He's coming off the bench in Miami now. It's like Kemba Walker. That was a great pick, but Kemba Walker. Yeah. Man. I mean, there's so many draft picks that, like, Kemba was a great pick, but, you know, number two, that year that Anthony Davis came out, the Hornets kind of got screwed. Yeah. And they got Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, which, uh, that was a terrible pick. I remember when Anthony Davis got ready to go to the NBA. Because yeah. everybody was like, you know, he was huge and he had the uh, the unibrow and like, you know. Yeah, I mean, he was fantastic. It was like a Kentucky big deal. The title that year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when that draft lottery came out, the Hornets were seven and fifty nine. They were seven oh. and fifty nine that year. That's nuts, man. And that's why I don't like the lottery. <laughs> and the lottery came out, and the Hornets get the number two pick, and everybody's like, "Are you kidding me?" Because the Hornets at the time they didn't have an owner, so the NBA. Was the owner? Why do you so think? Why do you think that? Steph Curry, being from Charlotte, never wanted to come to the Bob or wanted to come to the Bobcats or the Hornets? You know, it's funny. Curry played at Davidson, but he was born in Akron, Ohio. Right. Um. So mo- moved here at a young age. I think Curry wants to. At the same time, he's got a pretty sweet thing going on uh, with the Warriors. But the Hornets are just. Do you think? Struggling. Do you think Curry can come here and do what LeBron couldn't? And build a, a, a team like the Warriors, because you—I mean—the other thing is too is if Curry came to Charlotte, he people are going to try to follow him. I, I agree with you, yeah, because like players can make. You know, I'm a Bengals fan, so Joe Burrow mm. is the quarterback, but he is made because he's such an elite player. He's made other people want to come. Patrick Mahomes is the same way. I I think that could happen. I think if he leaves, he could come here. But I think the Hornets have some good young talent. I think Lamelo Ball, if he can stay healthy, yeah. Him and Curry could be great together. I, I, I kind of wonder if Curry will. There's been, you know, there's always rumors like, oh, he's a hometown guy. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll come and carry on his dad's legacy. You think um, so? Maybe. I, I, I don't know. I think, like, I, I'm a big fan of players staying with one team yeah. their whole career because you don't see that much anymore. Right. Um, I don't know. I would love to see Curry come. I would love to see there be life back in the Hornets. Um, T, you know who Steph Curry is, right? Yes, Michael. I'm just checking. <laughs> he's not a big sports guy, so he's learning yeah. a lot. He's uh, super engaged because he's learning a lot from you. <laughs> so You're counting your woes and timing them. You know, they everybody hates on me because I say whoa a lot. Isn't that 23? Whoa. 24? 24. Man, those are, those whoa, are, those are, man. Those are low <laughs> numbers, you know. Well, this is your highest so far. Well, he's he's Bryson has said a lot of things that are like fascinating and interesting. At, at it's a, just like at a rate in the beginning, you were you were going every minute you were having one. <laughs> oh, impressive! Whoa, man! Wait till I bring somebody on that starts talking about like food. Whoa! I'm a big foodie. <laughs> oh, I am too. I'm just not a big. Listen, you we're not supposed this, to say this. Listen, I didn't get this figure by not. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm do you do you eat on campus? Oh, yeah. Actually, before we started, I got some lunch here on campus. Do you have a specific spot? So, I'm... I'm and we're not trash-talking because technically, K 
canteen is not a part of UNCC, so we can trash talk. I don't think anyone's going to care if we do. I don't think anyone does either. So, yeah. I'm not going to lie. So, the Bojangles up on, upstairs, I have uh, two friends, and we would meet there. Every day I was on campus, and I'd get a Cajun filet and chicken biscuit combo with some bow rounds and a large Are you drink. a bow rounds guy? Oh, yeah, I'm a bow rounds So, you don't guy. like the fries? I, I like the fries, but in the morning, I'm more of a the bow rounds. bow round guy. Oh, bow and rounds, I, tater tots? What are a bow? What's a, they're like a potato cake, sort of. You've never had a boa? I have only had Bojangles like twice in my life. You've never lived. <laughs> like, like I literally have only gotten the Bojangles. I expect your resignation letter by the end of the day. <laughs> you could have it. Man. Are they opening that Bojangles back up? August. Are they just renovating it? Uh, so, you know, they're renovating Crown. And the systems that connect Bojangles to Crown are the same. So they had to close down Bojangles so they could. Really? Yeah. And so... I, I was very distraught because that's where I went a lot uh, was that Bojangles to get Cajun filet biscuit. Something I'd look forward to because, tell you what, I, I get on campus early. So I get here like 8 a.m. Right. And it opens at 8.30. So I would always be one of the first ones to order. So you're getting it all fresh. and it was. Did you go to late night breakfast? I, d- I did not, no. It was great. I was living my best you life. Were, oh, you were on something there. Dude, it was great. I, I, I am not a big breakfast guy. I, me either. Me but either. when, I, I mean, I consumed way too much sugar that night. Because <laughs> I, I, I try not to drink or eat a lot of sugar, mm-hmm. right? Like, I try not to. But, man, they were like, they had faculty walking around with trays of donut holes and donuts. And it's like, I mean, how are you supposed to say no, right? Yeah. Not to mention they had five billion... What are the Mountain Dew energy drinks or whatever they are? are they the, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, like yeah, the, yeah, the new ones. And they were yeah. just like, let. I mean, they had them like out. <laughs> they were just there. Well, Nathan <laughs> Nathan them. goes up there, just gets an armful, puts them in the refrigerator at home. Um, I, I don't know. I, it was at Sobe, too. Yeah. And Sobe's a nice little place over there. I'm, I'm going to say that's a nice building. You know where I've never eaten is the, the burger place with the Burger 704? I've done it once. Is that what it is? Yeah. The one over next to Chick-fil-A, right? Oh, I love Burger 704. That's one of my go-tos, actually. Is it good? So, um, they, you know, because Bojangles closed, they brought on this, like, chicken tender thing. Mm -hmm. And so they changed them from the first time I went. But both times they were good the second time, man, those tenders, like, one was that big and that thick. Whoa. I was like, man, yeah, it's it's actually pretty good. I've heard the burgers are good, but that and then Wendy's, too, because. See, I'm a big burger guy. Oh, okay. I like. Like I'm still only I'm, I moved to Charlotte in June of last year, okay. so I'm still like looking for like a solid burger place. You and me gotta go to Blue Cow. Blue sushi, Cow sushi and burgers, awesome. Oh, that's you eat sushi? I'm not a sushi guy, no. Really? Yeah, I I it's I, I've never tried it. I just scares me for some reason. Is there and not to get off subject, but is there stuff like is there foods that can flare up your uh, no, no, not really. Um, no, yeah. there's no. Thank, thankfully, no. <laughs> like I know, like how rice can be lethargic and thicken your blood and things like that. It can. We. Hmm? I didn't know that. It ca- yeah, eating rice can thicken your blood. Can right. it can because it's starch. But yeah, no, there's there's no foods like there's no dietary thing. Of course, it's just like, you know. Eat proportion. Uh, eat eat in moderation. Which for me, I'm, I'm I'm shorter, so it doesn't look like. But I'm like one fifty nine. 167. I'm not like normal age, but I'm short because two, so I take a steroid and that has stunted. Do you inject it? Uh, no, I take it from through pill by mouth. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so that's helped, but 
bad thing is, I was like, my height. I'm just kind of stunted my height a little bit. Um, huh. But, you know, for, for the most part, uh, no, there's no food that Is day. that all you take as a steroid? I take about 15 pills a day. 15? Uh, yeah, yeah. I take, a couple, take a couple heart pills and then my steroid, but my mom is a big vitamin fan. So okay, I'm on, so, so, I'm so on aside fish oil, from vitamin, calcium, um, I think like the, the major ones I take about the major ones by themselves like six, seven, something like that. That's but like that's like your medication. Yeah, yeah. So, so I have, that's the bulk I have of three it. heart pills that I take. I take metformin that's prescribed. So metformin is normally for diabetics, but I'm not diabetic. I'm not pre-diabetic. Right, right. But it's just one of those things that was like to help as like a dietary thing, um, and then packs. I can't remember what the other one is, but it's this long name that I take. And then I take my steroid. Um, Are you big on supplements like your mom? Yeah, so she's um she's big on like zinc and vitamins. Yeah, me too. Vi- so I take vitamin C, I take zinc. Um, you know, she's she's all for like modern science. Do you stuff, do uh, she just loves vitamins. Do you do apple cider vinegar? She's tried to get me to drink it and I'm like, oh no, I can't You don't like it? Um she does um oh god. There's some like other thing she takes, she's trying to take it's awful. Uh, it's not apple cider vinegar, it's um I can't remember what it is, but man, I try to block it out. That stuff. Is I'm kind of used to the apple cider vinegar now. Ugh, that stuff's just but the smell gets me. The, so the the issue that I have is when I do apple cider vinegar, it's you your esophagus can burn. Like you have to dilute it with water. Yeah, it's yeah. vinegar. Yeah, I mean, I've seen people just shoot straight shots of apple cider vinegar, and I'm like, bro, your esophagus is probably they got, they got like more guts than me, man. I, I smell that and go, Ugh. yeah. You just don't like it. No, I, I I've tried it before, man. That smell just. Do you take like natural supplements, like your pills, or do you get like just the regular ones you can get at Walmart? The regular ones you can get at Walmart. Like yeah. I take fish oil too, which I like fish oil. Yeah, I mean, I the thing is like all, all, all the stuff that I take, it's not like one of those things like what is this? Because I know where all my pills are, thankfully. Yeah. Like, and I I think vitamins too. Like I think to an extent, the reason why I'm so healthy. Is because one, I sleep a lot, and two, like I'm on the right vitamins and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so my mom's always like, "Well, you know, we're gonna try to help you with whatever." So, um, but yes, yeah, so the vitamins are great, especially during COVID. Zinc and vitamin C were my best friends in the yeah. world. You, you, you know, you, you had to like take those during that time. But. Yeah, I usually um, like I try to take daily supplements and vitamins. Um, yeah, but I try to uh, like take like an emergency each day. Okay. You know, yeah. like either that or like a chewable tablet. Yeah, I take um, I take like a vitamin. So I used to do the Flintstone gummies. You I was getting ready to say the Flintstone, Flintstone. Man, Flintstone, Flintstone gummies. gummies. Eat all the Dinos right away. God, them things were amazing. And then uh, I think T actually still takes. Do you take the Flintstone vitamins or do you take like the the kids <laughs> the kids starfish gummies? I take the I take the uh, the um, ages five and under uh, like Flintstone gummies. Yeah, helps me. Helps me. No. Okay. I, the what? way you said it, I didn't know if you're being serious. Uh, no, I take a central <laughs> multi- multivitamin. I'm, I'm I take graduated. a men's one a day, fifty plus. I take fiber pills. <laughs> fiber is actually. Do you take Metamucil? I don't. Or like fiber. Pow- fiber powder is actually really good. Oh, I take it like in a pill. They're like big pills. You used to end up using the bathroom though. Oh, it gets you going. I was. Uh, I went to Fuji's uh, a couple days ago. I don't know if I want to talk. They cracked me up. He goes, "It gets me going, man." <laughs> it gets me going. Gets a lot of stuff going down. <laughs> oh, there. Get, yeah, I was like in the car, like we, I do need you, to get home. So, uh, and again, not to change the subject, but yeah. do you, when you're at home, is everything kind of set up for you to 
be accessible to things or is there like like if you want to go make a sandwich right yeah are you able just to go up to the refrigerator pull stuff out make the make a sandwich no problem yeah yeah um so um, so uh, i'll start this by and then i'll go into high so in 2019 uh which is my first year it was like christmas break I have a, so I used to sleep upstairs, so I had a stair chair that I'd get on, you know, the stair chair like the guy from Up had. Right, like it's, the track, yeah, the one that yeah. goes up. So the, I, yeah, so I had one of those, and so this chair is like 500 pounds, so um, I had a smaller one that was upstairs I would transfer to, because normally I would just go to bed, but then I had video, my video game systems up there. Well, on this Christmas, or before Christmas Day, like three days before, I decided, oh, you know, I'm going to go out. I talked to my parents out on the thing. I had this, like, walkway between, like, I had an old playroom that I had when I was little in my room. And I came back, and I was coming by my bed, and it caught my leg. And I fell out of my chair, fell onto my shoulder, fractured my shoulder, broke my other femur bones. I've broken both femur bones 10 years apart. But when that happened, they it, it took a while to get me down the stairs and all this. So my parents went, you know, we're going to just have to make some changes. So... Six months after, they were like, yeah, you'll be out of commission for eight weeks. I was out of my knee immobilizer in four, so it was good. Um, but my parents went, you know, let's build, let's let's add on to our house so I don't have to live upstairs. So my parents, um, my parents are what I call savers. They save a lot for rainy day. Whenever they need something, you know, they save. So um, we had a person come on and build my uh, apartment onto my house, like a little room that I sleep in now. So now I don't have to go upstairs anymore, oh. and I can just ride in. It drives in, and I have a bed that's there in the bed because um, I can't sit myself up anymore in bed. I just press the remote, and it raises me up. It raises my knees up. So during the night sometimes my knees get stiff, I'm able to raise it up. So it's very accessible. I have a drive-in shower. I have a shower bench. Um, With the chair in currently. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's water resistant then? Um, so I, so I, I get out of my chair and get onto the shower bench. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, still, I mean, I have I have a lot of systems in place to help me. And two, I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, like I'm the type of person that if somebody tells me I can't do something, yeah, you're gonna do I'm it. I'm gonna do it. Like <laughs> I'm gonna find a way to do it. Um, and so two, like I, I can't pick up stuff that I that I drop or whatever. So my mom had a coworker that used to make these grabbers, these plastic grabbers you could do that are long. So if I drop something, I can go and get the grabber and squeeze the thing and pull it up and place it where I need to do so. There's, there's ways I can do it. So, like, we talk about making sandwich. I can't use the microwave just because my chair doesn't reach up. But when I'm home, like, which I'm home normally during the week, um, my, my mom will leave out stuff for me, like, to make my own, like, a yeah, sandwich or whatever. Right. Um, it is, it's all about making those systems, but I have a handicapped van that um, – So you get the good parking spots. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's a perk of being disabled, man. Yeah, man. Get <laughs> to it, park right up front at Walmart. Yeah, you know, and I, I get, like, a disability check, so – I tell everybody it pays to be disabled. Like, literally, <laughs> like if I would have done this, I'd have done it a long That's time great. ago. You That's know? great. Th- is is if you don't want me to ask, is the chair comfortable, or does the comfort really mm. matter of the chair? I want to know that. Too, oh yeah, yeah, the seat's memory foam. So it's like real nice then. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it's very comfortable. Do you stay in it from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed? Yep. So, but I mean, if you wanted to, right, like, let's just say you want, you were super tired, you know, it's exam week, you mm-hmm. wanted to take a nap. Would you get out of it or I, is it just such I a I don't process? really take naps. I've never taken a nap ever, honestly. Whoa. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just, 
Because, too, I mean, I, I sleep like 10 to 11 hours a night. So yeah. by the time I'm up, I'm, but, um, so I can't get out of it by myself. Um, but my parents help me. They're able to pick me up, transfer me, and stuff like that. Does it, do you not get sore, like, being in the chair all day long? Or is it, like, it's like do you ever feel like you just, man, I need to, like, stretch out? You know, it's funny. My dad asked me the same thing. He's like, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you stay in that chair and you can't stretch out. He's like, if I get stiff, I can just sit up and move around. And, I, and I'm like, no, nah, it's just I'm so used to it, I guess, because I do it all the time. I'm, I'm just really used to it. Um, sitting, though, sometimes sometimes, I had a, a, a hemorrhoid for a while. Mm. That Just because I sit so much, yeah. it took a while to recover. But I was able to get over that. Uh, but the crazy thing is, if you know, you look at my legs, like they're really bruised, right? And that's part of the steroid usage. Right, it it right. makes your skin really thin. Um, I've had some instances where I've gone and like caught my chair when we transferred, and like skin's been ripped off, um, which oh. is bad. That, that, that's that's only happened once. Um, but honestly, that's what hurts most. Like my dad picks me up or something, and I just hit the foot plate wrong way. I get a bruise, but for me, I'm just kind of. Used to it, but does the blood not like when you're sitting for so long? Does the blood not rush to your legs, or do you like lose? You get the pins and needles feeling, or like do you? I don't know. I don't. I don't get because I'm still able to move. And the thing is, is like if you look at me, like I move my legs nonstop, anyways. Um, but yeah, no, I, I can still feel it. Um, stuff like that. There's no pins and needles or anything. So here's the next question: Are you faster than the starship? Yeah, how fast can that thing how, go? Can you go I, I faster? I plead the fifth. I, I plead the fifth on that. <laughs> can, I might. I might. You can know? you go faster than the starship? I, maybe. That's some. That's. Have you seen the where the starships get stuck? What? What's that? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, the, the robots. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, have you seen that? They're my sworn enemy. The man. intersection <laughs> where they get stuck on yeah, the corner because yeah. they don't by know Martin? where they're. You're talking about by Martin where the four way. Yeah. They all get stuck on that one. Have you seen that? Those They're are my sworn enemies, man. I kept kept telling people, I'm like, man, I'm the only person with wills here. <laughs> They're invading snap. my territory. The thing is, is like, I see some of them. So I, I'm, I'm a big NASCAR fan. You know, they bump drafts. Are you? Yeah. So, so I go up and you I push I, them out of the way. I bump them a little bit. I give them the bump <laughs> to like help <laughs> them get there, man. I be bump drafting just a little bit. I want to see you do just it. Just they, they come up to me. I, I've got some videos on my phone where uh, they were like coming at me. They're like coming. The thing is, it's weird. You know, when they stop at the the like intersection when they go across, they're supposed to go with with humans. Like when somebody walks across. But when they when I go up and there's nobody there, they don't move because they don't reg they don't recognize. <laughs> they think you're one of them. They're like, oh, what are my brethren? What's up, dude? <laughs> you know, and and they just sit there. There's there was one today. I had to cut off. It got in my way. I had to swerve around. Does it d so like when if you're at least for us like does it do they stop right in front of you if you're they like, do. Like, when they're coming towards you, like, I've noticed, you know how they, like, come to that immediate stop? Yeah, Because yeah. I guess the sensors are just really sensitive. Do they stop right in front of you, and do you ever feel the need to just, like... Yeah, they do. Like, draw on it? They don't realize like, it's... <laughs> they, they, they don't realize it's me That's until, awesome. like, until they, like, feel my... Because my feet stick off of my foot plates a little bit, and they go, oh, oh, that's a person, you know? <laughs> so, they're like, oh. Would you but, ever have a jousting competition? I might, yeah. That's so cool, man. <laughs> That's so cool. You know, I, I, I feel I, like I, that would end very poorly because I don't think 
I don't think any either one's gonna fall off of this chair. I think this thing is a tank compared to those starship he, things are so like flimsy I'm though. Saying, I'm saying yeah. I'm saying he'd win, but like if it hit him, you know, on a horse you fall off the horse once you get hit. He's not falling off. It's You've just, never it's going straight. Are you through. strapped in? Oh yeah, I got a seatbelt. See? He's he, fine. <laughs> no, no, that's the issue. But but, but you know the off. thing is, yeah, the Jostle competition sounds cool. But you know they got the elevated running track up on the uh up at the UREC. And I was sitting there thinking, like, we should make a wheelchair racing league for all the de- disabled people in wheelchairs on campus. We just race around that track, race around the UREC. The green, the 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 Greenway Expanse. Yeah. The the, the first first UNCC Greenway wheelchair. Real that would be sick, race. actually. Yeah. That would be cool. No able bodied people. That would be have laugh. you ever done anything like that? Like any kind of like the was it called? the Paralympics? Yeah, Paralympics. No, I, I never did any of that. I never did any of the Special Olympics. I just kind of feel like um, that wasn't kind of for me. Yeah, I felt like um, you know I did a lot of stuff with the EC classrooms in high school, so those kids always meant a lot to me. But yeah, it was just like you know it's their time. Let them go and do their thing. Um, but no, I never did any of that. But I will say. I used to go to a thing called MDA Summer Camps, the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Was so that the Jerry Lewis? Yeah, it was. Program? Actually, after he retired, I hosted the two telethons nationally. You better that. look it up. You better see. Are, yeah. Is there videos of you? Yeah, yeah. If you go on and type in like MDA Show Strength 2012. Can we watch those? Are we able to? MDA? MDA, yep. I wonder if you that's. You can also see where Pitbull was talking to me and invited me to the iHeartRadio Music Festival. I'm sure. He's I'm like I'm Terry. He's like Terry. He's just got this cool is stuff. These stories. Now are this is interesting. I'm sorry. I, 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 what year was it? What year? Uh, 2012. You can type up like, see, go there, Bryson Foster profile. <laughs> what? No I, uh, can we watch this? I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna. Let's watch this. Let's watch it. Yeah, yeah, but like with audio, or should I just capture? Yeah, just cast? just put on. Just just. There's turn, a couple. I clips think you can turn can it up. As long as um, I mean, if he's here, like as long, I think it's allowed. No, because he doesn't own it. He M- MD- MDA owns it. I feel like it's all right. Let's watch it. I don't think we have to see this clip. Yeah, let's watch it. This is great. Use uh, your mic to for audio. Now I have to show you the one. Uh, did you meet her? That's, I did. I what's her name from? Uh, uh, Nancy O'Dell. She's a fox, bro. No. no. <laughs> She's a good-looking older woman. And he's also full of hope and ambition. Bryson's dreams are as big as his personality, and he inspires others to dream big, too. As you'll see, thanks to you, MDA has given him the strength to fight his own battle against muscular dystrophy. By the way, this is when I was 12, so... (laughs) When I was five, I was diagnosed with Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. What I hope to be one day is the starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Jake's starting him. He's going to try to fake him out. If that doesn't happen, I'd love to be a sports announcer one day. No. I get into it, and people say I have a great voice. When I'm a sports commentator, I'm stealing the game. It's in. We're all hanging out with him. He, he definitely puts a smile on your face. He's just fun to be around. He's the best friend to I don't think... Is that your parents? Yes, that is. Yep. The legends themselves. 
God, he met Tim McGraw. Uh, no, my term ended in 2013, but I did a lot of charity work um, with them for the years following. What frustrates me about my disease is sitting in my wheelchair while other kids go out and play and not being able to do what other kids can do. He wants to know why, why he can't be like the other kids, why he can't run like the other kids. What inspires me to keep going is that we are trying to beat this nasty disease. I pray that I walk again and I could go out and play basketball with my friends. I pray every night for Bryson, hoping that somebody finds a cure. If we can find a cure, we can save people's lives. Okay, can I tell you, you're just about one of the cutest people I've ever met. Yes. <laughs> you're about one of the cutest people I've ever met. Okay. And a fellow Southern. Hey, and you know what? Bryson is going to be doing some announcing tonight with the ambassador of country music and the voice of our show, Mr. Sean Parr. And Sean, you got that great voice, but I mean, come on, look at this face. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so inspirational. And uh, to get a chance to go out to a concert like that, and you really are a, a true spokesman and an inspiration. And I have to ask you, what was it like hanging out with Tim McGraw? Uh, it was really cool. Um, you can definitely tell Tim cares. And that, uh, that's all we want, you know, people that care. Yeah, what a great young man. i got to be careful here. He's <laughs> going to be out of a job. Very well Whoa. <laughs> so, if, so if you go on YouTube and type in Pitbull NBA Show Strength 2012, and the first clip that pops up, you can go to 240, and that's when he starts talking to me. Because now he was performing a song, so you might want to, you know, all muted. I was going to say, like, as long yes. as we don't play the Yeah, so if you go there, the light, yeah. That first one. I think it's like 340 maybe. I mean, I think I think you can play it because these were on public television. Yeah, and, and, and two, two, if you keep going, like you'll be able to miss, I think, two, 340 maybe? And I think you're allowed to play sections. I don't think you're allowed to you play can, you, I know six seconds. Okay. If it's on. I mean, it was on public television, right? Like this stuff used to be on I mean, public but television. Like yeah, like NBA yeah, if you keep going a little bit. public can television. I can't remember what it said, but I had it time stamped at a time. Yeah, you can probably tell like. Is this near it? Do you remember? Yeah, keep. Yeah, you might want to fast forward another ten seconds. Nah, keep going. Maybe it's four twenty. Maybe it's four twenty. I think that's what it was. No. Yeah, here it is. Oh, so yeah, if there's not music, I think it's here. It yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just him talking. Yes, I did. So you've been on an airplane? Yeah, I have. Yeah, multi so when I was doing this, when I was the national ambassador, I was traveling all the time. I mean, like, 
every two weeks I was in a different state speaking, and I got to speak in front of thousands of people and e- each week. And it was this was a lot of fun. You know, um, I'm the type of person that like when I was diagnosed, you know, I always used to say like, God, why why'd you give this to me? And then you go when you do things like this, and I get to where I am in college and all the positions I've had. And, and, you know, it's just like, man, I see his plan. And, you know, I think for us, um, our ways are way, like, his ways are way different than our ways. And thank God for that because if I, because if it was me, I'd have everything I want, not not what I need. And, uh, you know, I, I think I have such a heart of, like, in my opinion, of thankfulness to him. Like, you know, I won the Impact Award the other week. That's where you first saw me mm-hmm. was there. And, like, Honestly, I I'm so blessed. Like I I don't I don't deserve it. You know, I mean that's why he gave us Jesus. You know, was to die on the cross. I I, I don't deserve it. I couldn't earn it, but he still does it anyways. And uh, so you know, even though my life's been hard, and we talked about my condition, I've been blessed beyond belief. And just to be able to you know get to live life is is a blessing in of itself. So yeah, I mean one of the things, and I, I don't. I don't really get very personal about myself on, on the podcast, but, you know, my oldest brother suffers from severe autism. And, you know, he's got a lot of other issues because of that. And, but one of the things I don't feel with my brother is I don't feel sorry for him. Yep. Um, because he's kind of like you. He doesn't like being told no. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like being told he can't do something because yep. he will go out and do it. Um. And, you know, the, the, the Bible is very clear about, you know, it says that, you know, I know the plans that I have for you. Oh, yeah. And then also it says that, you know, before you were, were born, I knew your name. Mm, yeah. You know, and, and so there you obviously have a – you're a very I, – I, and I'm not, you know, blowing smoke or anything like that. Like, I mean this with every – and I've only been talking to you for a little over an hour. I mean this with every muster of sincerity that I can come up with, but you are a very – bold and passionate and inspirational and a very uh, strong person that is filled with courage to go from, you know, this, what, 10, 12 years ago and and say, I want to be a a sports announcer. Mm -hmm. And you're following through with that day by day by day by day, brick by brick, you know, uh, is inspiring to me the fact that you're so open about things you know a lot of, i think i think a lot of times people can be very closed off with their personal lives about yeah. certain things but you you've been you've answered every question with with grace and and intelligence and um and and even just having fun with it you know i mean like we're we were talking about the starships and having a jousting competition you know you just you take all those questions with such elegance and grace and I think that you are the exact example of the kind of person that we need more of, uh, and I and I mean that. And I'm not. I, I, I appreciate that. I, I, a lot. I, I'm not just saying that because you know uh, of your position or because of your situation. I, I mean that. I, I think um, a lot of times in college, one of the things I think we struggle with is is we're just looking for some sort of hope. Mm. Yeah. College students are looking for some sort of hope. And I think what happens is we look a lot, a lot of times in the wrong places. Yep. And I think that's why graduation rates kind of drop off as, as rapidly as they are is because there is a lack of hope. Yep. 
um, and you are providing a light and a beacon of hope for people. Um, the conversations and the things that I've heard from people with Niner Times and Niner Media and just around the school in general, you, you, everybody sees you and they just, they light up. You light up a room, like you, you change people's environment. And I think we need more of you in, in, in not just at UNCC, but I think we need more of you in general. And, you know, I don't know how T feels, but I, I mean, I'm inspired, um, you know, just by a lot of things you say. I mean, like it, it's, 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 I think the easy part is to feel bad for you. Mm-hmm. I think that's the easy part. Um, what I think is challenging is to take the, um, the, the strength that you have and try to, and, and the inspiration that you are and try to just look at my own life and say, man, like I can do certain things too. You know, um, being, you know, an older college student, one of the things I struggle with is like feeling accepted in college. Yeah. Um, and I think everybody's, it's kind of a little bit like what, I kind of think college is just a, a tiny bit of what heaven might look like. Everybody's different. We all come from different parts of the world. You know, That's a good way to put it. Yeah, you know, we're all very, very diverse. And I think, I, I guess I would love to kind of hear just a little bit more from you, and I'm going to kind of let you take over from here. But yeah, I, I th- really th- thank you again for those comments. I <coughs> I appreciate you gassing me up like that. Uh, it, it, it definitely means a lot. I'm not the type of person that, you know, I think a lot of people struggle to take comments yeah. but, or to take uh, compliments. So thank you for that. It means a lot. And I, I, I honestly, like, you know, I, 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 I want to hear more about your faith and more yeah. about how that has impacted you with having a disability. Because I, I, I can only imagine how angry you've gotten at God before, or how angry you've gotten, you know, with uh, just that kind of higher power. And, and I would love to hear more about how you faced that challenge and, and came out of that. Oh, man, that's a good point. You know, I think, I think it's pretty normal to be mad at God sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, we shouldn't be. We shouldn't question him. But everybody does. We're, we're, all, in, we're all imperfect creatures. Um, that's how he made us, you know, from the minute it happened in the garden, you know. Um, s- sin is such a big thing. We all struggle with it. And so I think, like, to your point, I said, you know, I, I used to I used to remember, you know, when I was a kid, my, my parents always had this thing where at night we'd always pray. We always pray before we go to bed. And um, we pray together, we hold hands sort of thing. And, you know, for me, it, it was always modeled by my parents, um, how, like, from a young age, I mean, my mom would ask me, well, you know, who died for you? And I would say, Jesus died for me. You know, he loves me. And my, my parents really instilled that um, in, in me from a young age, and they would always pray, like, God, heal him. Give him strength. Um, and for me, I just, I always used to say, why, God? Why me? Why did you give this to me? Why can't I be normal? Um and you sit there and you start thinking, well, the world's definition of normal is different than his definition mm. of normal. Mm. Um, and for me, I just, I just always felt like there was something leading me just in my daily life. Like I was being led to do things. And I, you know, and I, I feel like I just, o- over time, I felt like my, my faith continued to grow. Um, 
But I will say, you know, there were times where I struggled with it. There were times where I wasn't the greatest Christian in the world either. Um, but I'll say, you know, that, that phrase, like I said, his ways are greater than our ways. Because he gives us what we want. Or, no, he gives us what we need. If it was up to me, I'd have everything I want right now. Mm. But that's not how he works. He works at a time. His his definition of time is, is different. You know, it says says in the Bible, a day is a thousand years, and a thousand mm-hmm. years is a day to him. Well, he says that because we don't understand his concept of time. Mm. His time is totally different. He, he works in mysterious ways, in different ways. Um, and I'll say since I started college is really when – I think I started digging into the book. Now, I'd always been a Christian, and I'd always read the stories, and but I had never done it myself. And so I got into the book, and really, like, over COVID, I would spend time each day. And, and that quiet time is so big. Um, but when you read the scriptures and when you listen to what he says, you sit there and think, like, all the times that I had questioned him, he didn't deserve it. You know what's crazy is, this is really the thing. When God sent Jesus, Jesus died on the cross. He didn't die for just a certain group of people. He died for everybody, no matter what. And that's what makes us so equal. But, yeah, there, there have been struggles. Um, you know, why are you giving, t- taking my arm strength away? Why can't I walk, you know? I do wonder what it would be like to be able-bodied. But at the same time, I sit there and think, man, I'm so happy with what I have. Because if I didn't have my disability, you know, like we talked about these NBA telethons, would I have been able to do that? Would I have been able to have the same impact on people? And I think sometimes we go, well, if he's such a great God, why does he do this, this, and this? Well, he doesn't to remind us that this is a temporary, that this is only temporary. All of this is temporary, you know, and this is not my home. This is not my end place. Mm-hmm. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. And uh, I think that when when you think that way, and when you just go, you know what? I can't do it by myself. I'm going to let him use me. That that goes a long way. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've had struggles in my faith. I think we all do. I think nobody said it was going to be easy to be yeah. a Christian, you know? Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'll say that, um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm so thankful to, to be a vessel and to be a child of God and to be used in the way that I am. And, you know, when you say stuff like I'm a light and stuff like that, that's all him. I used to tell people, they were like, how do you think of these things to say? And I went, well, it ain't me. <laughs> it's uh-huh. not me. It's him. Um, and I've been able to, you know, uh, preach at the churches I've been at before and tell my testimony and tell my story. And we all have a story. And I think that that's where my faith has come from is just, just knowing that there's something greater. There's just something greater out there. And this isn't it, which is a really encouraging thought. This isn't it. You know, I think. A lot of people worry about, oh, am I doing the right things? Am I, am I on the right path? Am I doing this? I want to be as good as this person. And it's like everybody's journey is different. And that's that's the beauty of it. Like you said, in college, like everybody's so different. They're so diverse. Truthfully, that's such a great thing. We're, we're all on different journeys. Uh-huh. We're all going to get to these milestones at different times. But that's that's the beauty of our imperfect condition that we're all broken. I think when you think of that, you go, well, you know what? I might be disabled, but we're not all that different. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're all imperfect. We're all broken. And thank God for, you know, the blood of the cross because without the cross, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think any of us would be able to live the way that we do. So, 
So you've got two, once you gra- you're graduating this weekend. Yep. You, then you've got what, two more years? Two more years, <clears throat> yes, sir. So then what? Um, so I, I definitely want to go in, in, into journalism. Uh-huh. Um, like I said, I want to go into sports media. But I'll be honest with you, this goes back to my faith. You know, I think a lot of people are in the midst of finding their job, trying to get a job. And, man, yeah. I like I have friends. That's such a stressful thing. I'm so thankful that I have two more years. But I've, I had a friend tell me um, a couple months back, oh, do you have anything set up? And I went, no. Well, well why not? you got to get internships and stuff. And I went, listen, he's going to provide. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. I don't, I don't know where life's going to take me. But I just hope that um, – I can continue to help people and be there for people. Um, that's that's really what I want to do. Um, you know, I, I I talked about you know in one of my speeches at one point, like yeah, you know, I, I I'm disabled, but I I, I just want to be there for people. I think so often we live in this world where God, man, we're just so beat down. We're just we're just beat down all the time by things of the world and and stuff like that, and it's just. It's just so great to be with people and be like, you know what? My situation may not be great, but I'm going to still be kind. Because you don't know what people are going through. You don't ever know. So mm-hmm. that's just what I hope to do. I hope to just continue to be kind and con- that he continues to use me as, as a vessel and that um, at the end of the day I can be a light to others. And that's that's really what I want to be. I want to go into the career, but I know that he's got me and that wherever I go – He's going to put me in the right place, so there's there's nothing for me to do. I know that it'll come along, and I'm so thankful that over the years I have a lot of connections, so it shouldn't be too hard for me to find a job, even if it's not in sports. You know, the, the wheelchair company, I'm actually a brand ambassador for. Are you? That's great. Yeah, so I, I, I work awesome. for them. I have a partnership with them. Um, great company, really God, God-driven, and they are so worried about getting people mobility and accessibility that they went so insurance only covers a new wheelchair every five years. That's pretty much going from 11 to 16. And Quantum quantum went because the insurance, they were fighting with them, and Quantum went, well, you know what? We're going to do it ourselves. So they created this thing called the Friend of Quantum Program where Quantum can say, okay, you're an employee for us because I do social media posts. I do four social media posts a month and one blog a month. And... For families that are struggling to get chairs, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to pay you in a free wheelchair. So they were just giving away chairs to people to do this program. And so now I'm with – I'm now a brand ambassador because I was a friend of Quantum, and now they pay every every month. That's the type of company that I want to support is one that cares so much and so deeply. Um, and the thing is, you know, with disability, keeping my disability benefits, you can only have over, uh, less than $2,000 in your bank account, all accounts. You're disabled to keep your disability benefits, and so they have found a way to kind of get around it and, and, and help and kind of keep it in there. And then I'm also a board member for the Ronnie Sherrill Project, um, which is a new um, nonprofit that I helped to start, um, which creates a community between those affected by muscular dystrophy. So just this pa- uh, just um, I don't know this past weekend or two weeks ago, um, we rented out the rooftop at the true at Truist Field, and went and watched the Knights game, all of the people that are involved in it. So those are just some of the things I'm, I'm involved with, and um, it's just exciting to be a part of so many exciting things. Um, but that's that's not just me. So Joe Sumte, being an ambassador, do you get all the new – 
like, is that the most up to date variant of the chair they have? Mm. Do you, do they upgrade yeah. you? Do they keep this you in the right stuff? They do, yeah. Um, so this one, so they had a couple new ones come out at multiple times. So this is the Stretto. So what happened was when it comes to veterans, um, Quantum was not able to help veterans with wheelchairs because the vans that they were giving to the vets could not hold the chairs. This is 500 pounds. Well, um, is that considered light? No, that's pretty heavy. Okay. And so Quantum went, well, you know what? We're going to make a new chair, and the, the base of it is bigger. Now, well, you know, we're going to make a new chair so that their ramps are able to lift them. So they made this chair, which is 400 pounds, um, and the base is is two inches smaller so that they could help the veterans do it. So they had the straight out, and then they have the forefront. So my chair has six wheels. The forefront has four, and it helps you go off road. Is it aluminum? Um, or is it st- it's not steel, right? I think it's steel. Yeah. Is it steel? Yeah. Carbon so fiber. <laughs> titanium. Yeah. So... Is there anything like, and 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 I'm trying to figure out the best possible way to phrase this. Is there anywhere that you would get uh, would get stuck or are not capable of getting? I mean, obviously yeah. you can go uphill, right? Uh, so these chairs are made to go off road too, so I can go in the grass and, <laughs> and all that. Yeah, how, how off road is off road? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I like I can go out in the grass in the yard and stuff like that. Now, now the forefront, the new one, um, that thing is that thing kicks butt for sure. It 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 goes a lot easier now. I try to avoid going in yards because when it rains, sometimes I've gone in the grass when it rains and. Uh, I've been stuck a couple times, but this chair is so powerful that it just wheels itself out. But I don't like to spin my wheel. I don't want to get my wheels all dirty. So with the six wheels, is it the one that we're looking at in the back? No, uh, the center the one's center one? the primary drive. Yeah, the center one's the primary, yeah. But, I mean, that's the three wheels, so it's one, two, and then three? Yeah, and then three on the other side, yeah. So the other ones don't have power to them, though. The, pet, the center right. one's the only one that takes power. Yeah, yeah, and Does then the other ones just go with So it. obviously there's shocks back there, too. Yes, yeah, there's shocks in it, yeah, it's... But, I mean, it's not... Can you hit, like, a speed bump? Yeah. And it's comfortable? Yeah, yeah. And that's partially why they did the stretto, because oh. that way it makes it comfortable. The forefront is... That's that's really a big thing. But, yeah, they, they keep coming up with stuff. Um, I'm actually getting a new backup camera installed on this. Backup cameras? Yeah, so they, they make backup cameras. They make portable phone chargers that go into the chair. Say, weren't you charging something when you got Yes, I was... Still am. I'm charging my. Uh, so you can charge through through your chair through the chair, and it doesn't affect the battery at all. Do you plug in the chair at nighttime? Yes, I ch- I I don't charge it all the time. I charge it like every two days. How um, how long is the battery life of it? So you would have to go. Tw- you could go drive for twelve straight hours, meaning that you don't stop. But I stop, and I don't go all the time. So it lasts for a long time, but twelve straight hours. So. You started in Charlotte and drove for 12 straight hours in the chair. What's the fastest you've ever gone that you know you've been, cl- like, you've been clocked at? Or so, the normal speed is six, <laughs> so the normal speed is 6.4 miles per hour. Okay. But I've gone down some hills before and gotten close to 6.8, 6.9, and that thing starts screeching. You're like, oh, I'm going to stop. It, you know, I'm not trying to, but, yeah, it's, it's pretty fast. Is that a governor within the, the wheelchair, or is that just where it? Do you know? Mm. No, no. My my chair tracks my speed. 
<laughs> well, well, like, but the, a Camaro can only go 155 miles per hour. It's capable of more, but it ca- it won't let it go beyond. Yeah, that. it won't let it go beyond that. I mean, it could go. They could turn it up to where it drives nine. But the bad thing is, is the batteries wouldn't keep. Is up. there a lot of? Si- I mean, obviously, when you're dealing with, I mean, I don't. Is it t- technically it's called a wheelchair? Yeah. I know some people. It's they moved into like calling a motorized scooters or mo- mo- motor mobility scooters, scooters yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Right? So so this is more of a chair. I have a friend that actually has a scooter that has like the handlebars and stuff like that um, that you're able to drive. But yeah, this is more of a chair with the one that like you see in Walmart. Yeah, yeah. So Quantum has a sister company that they work in the same building called Pride, which makes those small, portable, smaller, like, scooters that you see at, like, Walmart and Uh stuff like that. And they don't make those exactly, but they make ones like that. So for people that can still walk but just need something for long distances. Um, But this is, like, heavy duty because I use it all the time. So Does it go up and down? Yes, it raises up. It's uh, They made this thing called the eye level. So this is eye level chair where it raises up a foot. So I can be eye level with people, and I can still drive three point five miles per hour. So, when you're going to class, yep, is it difficult to not necessarily you know get to the elevator or, or whatever? But is it difficult to be able to get to class with the amount of people in the on the that are walking around? Is it you know like when you're getting there because some of the doors aren't super wide either. I'm going to be straight with you. People move out of the way when they see me come. So, <laughs> do, yeah. do you have a horn? Oh, I, I do. I do. So, um, Can we hear the horn? I, I Can you do it? Yeah. Let me let me turn it up because I used to do. Um, well, how does that work? Like you because you just pulled that forward. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can back up and it goes in and it folds out. Is there like a control stick on that side? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is, so that's. I got to turn it all the way up. So you control the volume that. <laughs> that's awesome that's great so th- let me tell you a story about the horn you'll get a kick out of this so <laughs> if you listen to it if i <laughs> sounds like you know do you okay how many times it, before you like tell the, the story going how through. many times oh a, yeah you know <laughs> you know what i'm saying so <laughs> i was at a basketball so i was in high school and so, too, it, it also sounds like a Walmart checkout. You know what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, I was in high school at a basketball game, and I was just like, I told my friend, I went, watch this. So these girls walked by, and I had the chair and drive, but I had it all the way up, and I fell over. And I was driving, and I was just laying on the horn, and they started <laughs> running. I started chasing after them. And it, it got to this point where we, like, got down the hall or whatever, and the game was falling out. And I started going, resuscitating. And, like, <laughs> and, and finally I got up and was like, oh, my God, what happened? And they go, yeah, what, what happened to you? You said resuscitating and life support. And I was like, oh, that happens. And I wrote off. <laughs> this happens from time to time. Yeah. just So, oh, man, I, I'm <laughs> just picturing that. That's, um, that's freaking hilarious. That's great. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, I also wanted to, because uh, I went to high school at J.M. Robinson, which the mascot was a bulldog, and they had this, like, bulldog suit. I was like, man, let me wear that. Let me just chase people around with it. <laughs> uh, so, how, how did how did that suit, like, 
Did you put on the suit, or did you put the suit over the chair? No, they wouldn't let me put the suit oh. on, sadly. I wanted to, but no, they, they wouldn't. But, yeah, I, I, I did that, and, yeah, it was, uh, you know, good times. I, I I was a bit of a menace back in high school, I'm not going to lie. With, that's when I first discovered I could make disabled jokes about my condition. Have you ever driven in the snow? I have not. Okay. Because it says not to go in the snow, um, but I used to have a chair that, I would have. I had a chair that could drift. It had the drift feature on it. What do you, what do you mean drift? Yeah, like like like, like, like how like cars drift. Yeah, so I could like go just down a hall and go to stop, and it would drift. So like I would go to Lowe's, you know, where they wax the floors, and I could just drift down the aisles. And, and that was made on purpose. Yeah, yeah, they made the drift feature, and they they, they you could still add it back to it, um, but they don't put it like stock where you can add it to it. But yeah, that chair could drift, and then I had one chair. Two that somebody made. It was one of the chairs that could drift, but it, and they made it in the shape of a Harley Davidson motorcycle. So I had the handlebars, the side bags, because because when I was with MDA, I did events with Harley Davidson, and so they did that at one of their big events, and it had the saddle bags and had uh, all, all that stuff. So is it part of your accommodations? To, so do you bring anything with you to school? Like, is there stuff like you have to bring with you to campus? When you leave home, like obviously you bring your cell phone, you know that kind of the normal stuff. Yeah. But is there anything? You mean like medical stuff? Yeah, I mean, or like your textbooks or like that kind of stuff. Yeah, so like I bring my laptop, of course, and I bring um, stuff like that. But yeah, I don't really bring my textbooks because luckily the classes I had this year didn't really have any. Um, Are they really that expensive? Uh, Six thousand—that's about what I'd say. They'd yeah, for. the quantum chairs are about seventy-five thousand. What is that? Is this it? No, uh, no. God, I wish I had a picture. I of think it. I think that is like a sidecar. Yes, yeah. So they, they make they make wheelchair accessible um, stuff like that, and they also make for veterans uh, wheelchairs that have tank treads on them. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. If you if you type up a tank tread wheelchair or like tank wheelchair, that that'll come up. That's. Have uh, you ever been in one? I have not. I'd love to have one, but. <laughs> I think uh, that does good in off-roading. Yeah, and then, like, stuff like that with the the wheelchair. Like, you can go up. There's, like, handicap-accessible pickup trucks. See, yeah. What? There they are, yeah. Yeah, so there's, like, what? a... What? Yeah, so hostilities. Yeah, yeah, so there's a company that makes only that. That's the only wheelchair that they make is uh, those. And those are for vets. So, cool stuff. Really cool stuff. So, have you ever gone up something steep? Like, I would assume you know your limits as far as inclines. Um. Right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, I've gone up st- uh, steep stuff, and the chairs made not the tip. It's, it's, it's they're stabilizers. Yeah, and the tires right. are so strong. Like, I, I had a friend that. Um, I mean, you can go off sidewalks with them. Now, I'm not that much of a daredevil, da- daredevil, but you can go and you go sideways, and they it walks itself down. Have you ever gone so fast you've gotten air by hitting a bump? Now, I haven't gotten air, but there was one time that the chair that could drift, I was at this place, and I was on this, like, pebble path, and I went and drifted. Well, the chair went up up, up on the side and then landed back down. I was like, oh, I need to take it easy. Like, Do you do you ride the shuttles? I used to. So I used to do paratransit, mm-hmm. and then I kind of figured out, well, if I make my classes hours apart, I'm able to get there. And to my chair, I'm just faster Probably having to wait and getting loaded and getting strapped down and then getting out and then so for me I just I drive but yeah 
paratransit. I used it freshman year. I have friends that use it. Great, great service. Um, I don't really use the buses that much because I feel like I can just get there faster just going. That's than true. I should also specify, you call buses shuttles. The shuttles, the buses. And it confuses shuttles. people. Oh, does it? Buses. Isn't that what they're called? No, they're buses. Niner transit or Niner shuttles? No. No. I know what you're they're talking buses. about, though. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but like just... Well, they're buses. I did a um, so I did a, a a survey for my politics class, and they kept asking your opinion on like autonomous campus shuttles. Oh yeah, I remember that. That makes me wonder if they're trying to move into autonomous shuttles. They probably are. <laughs> It'd be makes sense. Wh- how, what's your opinion on <laughs> on AI and mobility scooters? wheelchairs and that type of thing um are you talking about like ai in chairs or yeah i mean because obviously there's a computer chip or or is is that how that works is that yeah yeah there's like program in the back this chair can also be bluetooth which is pretty cool but what do you mean bluetooth so it's got a thing where you can like hook up a tv remote to it or you want to play video games and like have the controller here, you can hook it up. So it's not like you can hook it up to your phone, use your phone to drive backwards and forwards. Sadly, no, but man, I've been telling, I'm like, I've been telling them, you need to do that. Like, so you want that? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that'd be cool if I could have the speakers out of my chair and I have lights that turn on. Does it have speakers in it? No, it doesn't, sadly. It has a speaker for the horn, but yeah. that's it. So. But so are you, so you like the idea of AI? I think I think the question's a bit odd, I, and that, that's why I'm trying to. I'm I trying think to he meant. It. What are your opinions on artificial intelligence being integrated into everyday life? Um, I actually just took a class on this where we had to do a research paper about it in e-commerce, AI and e-commerce. And I just it's took great. that was my final exam. AI is an interesting, it's an interesting thing. There are benefits to it, but in my opinion, I'm more the type of person I like face-to-face conversations. Yeah. And uh, with e-commerce, I like going into a store and talking to somebody and. I, I, I just like face-to-face interaction, but AI is interesting. I think there are benefits. I think there are negatives to it. Um, but, yeah, with, with disability, I don't think it's bad. Um, you know, there's the one guy I talked about that I knew had ALS. So with ALS, you can't talk. It gets to the point where you can't talk. Well, they have this thing where they had this computer screen on him, and he could move his eyes, and he could talk through that. The isn't computer would isn't talk that how more. Stephen Hawking yeah, did it? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and for me, I, I would assume that's partially AI. I think that's great. I think when it comes to whatever helps the disability community, it's great. I think AI, like everything, AI is interesting. It's kind of scary how mm-hmm. how realistic some of these things are. Like for me, I'm kind of like, all right, you know. For me, I'm a bit of conspiracy theorist, so oh, I'm always no. worried about like the over like the uprising or whatever. I keep joking with people. I said, yeah, we're going to have a disabled uprising. We're taking out all the able-bodied people. Right? So w- we've <laughs> talked about uh, – I'm, I'm really big on talking about Elon Musk's Neuralink. Yeah. Right? You know, he wants to put a computer chip in somebody's brain. And I, I think it, without hearing it, it sounds really whack. Yeah. What he's talking about doing is he wants to do it on a medical level first. Right? That's his why. Yeah. Like if it can make someone who is not able to walk – if you can manipulate the brain to be able to say you can walk, walk again, yeah. Are yeah. you for that, or are you, or is that kind of like a I am who I am type thing? I I, I don't want to be artificially different. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to walk again. I mean, that's not something that I think every disabled person is, um, you know, 
wants to kind of do. You know, I was, saw something on Family Guy that was really funny. You thought of that. Do you watch Family Guy? I, I do every now and then. Um, but it was like this thing where they're like, oh, yeah, Joe is in Vegas at the disabled um, share concert. It's a person in a wheelchair. I remember and, that. And all the people in wheelchairs were sitting there. And she's singing about if I could turn back time. And Joe goes, we'd all turn back time if we could. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so for me, I you know, I, I always enjoyed Joe on Family Guy. I think kind of off topic, but I think that's great to have representation in that show. It's, it's cool to me, um, especially me, someone who jokes about my disability. I find some of the stuff funny. But, yeah, to your point, I think, I mean, yeah, it'd be great, but um, I, I, I don't know. It sounds really high risk. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for me, I'm I'm really content with who I am. You know, being disabled. That's kind of like some people saying to an extent. Have you heard this where they go, they they don't call it disabled. So dis is the root that says not. So not able. You can't do certain things. They're calling it differently abled, Dif- differently abled or whatever. And for me, I I don't like that because um, there's a big thing where. You know, ableism is something that I've studied and where you don't want to make... Disabled people want to be considered normal people. And when you call it differently abled, um, it's kind of like you're already making the difference. And so for me, I think like a lot of people view disability as a bad thing. In my opinion, it's not a bad thing. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a bad thing at all. I've had people go, oh, I'm, I'm praying for you. And thanks for that. But like, you shouldn't feel bad for me. Mm-hmm. Because, and so that's, that's kind of what what I think um, there with that. I'm, I'm I'm okay with being disabled. I think it's interesting. It sounds really high risk to put in somebody's brain, but if it helps certain people and if there are certain people that want to do that, all power to them. Uh, are good. good in, in, in relatively the same vein, would you <coughs> accept uh, cybernetics? Like if you could, um, like, you know, ro- synthetic arms that were robotic, because I'm all for that. Michael's completely yeah. against that. Uh, well, that was actually my next question is, yeah. is are you, you know, if someone's there to say, you know, like with cybernetics or something like that, like, can we insert some sort of metal pole into your leg? You uh, know, I, that, I, I was is that kind of where you're going? No, I'm talking like like they cut off your leg, your place. It's a full prosthetic that's completely controlled by your brain, and it's 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 mechanical in every way. Because, you know, they already put metal rods in people. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, like, so when he's saying I'm against it, like, I, I'm against taking, you know, like, you have two Cutting functional arms. Cutting off my, my yeah. arm, my, yeah. my leg. Right, I would never do that yeah. to be fully RoboCop or cybernetic. I with you on that. I share the same with, sentiment. With the military. Yeah, with, with, with veterans that amputees. have lost limbs. Because right. working with Quantum, I know a couple. Um, And for me, you know, you see, there was a 60-minute. Uh, Sixty minutes. I don't know if you watch that. I'm a mm-hmm. I'm a journal I'm I'm a journalist, so I love watching. Sixty minutes like is that. one of the few journal or one of the few news things that I watch. Yeah, and so they 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 had one about veterans and all this work they're doing with these prosthetics that people can control. Um, and for me, I was watching that and I'm like, we need more of that. Um, but yeah, I I, I wouldn't want to cut off my leg to do it. I just you know I'm 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 pretty cool. Like I said, I'm pretty comfortable and. But I think for veterans who, I couldn't imagine, like, I'm still, I still have all my limbs, even though I can't use them. I'm thankful to have them. I, I couldn't imagine not, like, it just not being there. That's crazy to me. Um, so the veterans, I think, honestly, I'm the type of person, I think we need to respect our military a lot more. Mm-hmm. We need to help them with whatever we can. So in my opinion, I think that would be 
very well. I think putting mo- more money to that, in my opinion, is... Yeah, I mean, the Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and, and I feel like at that point, if I were to start, you know, like, I'm not big on putting microchips and things in the body or anything like that, but if I were to, you know, if I were to do the full Luke Skywalker thing and cut my hand off and get a robotic hand, you know, that's almost like, and, and I Nathan and Wyatt have been on the show before, and yeah, they've yeah. said this, that's almost like playing God. Which, I agree with you. Yeah. Which is something I stay far, far away from. Yeah. Um, you know, um, because the Bible's very clear that, um, you know, uh, he's a jealous God. He's yep. not to be mocked. Yep. Um, so I, I tend to stay far away from that. You know, I've, I've done a few races with the Wounded Warrior Project before and, okay, and done yeah. some, you know, fundraisers with them. And I've Wounded met Warrior Project is an amazing organization. Oh, I, I've Big met fan. some very, uh, I mean, beautiful and, and, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling as I say it because it's, it's yeah. you know, you process it still. Just the amount Very of inspirational. The, the things that they say and how they are. Yep. You know, people with no legs, you know, who are missing half, you know, a chunk of their body. Yeah. Um, Positivity is contagious. And when people yeah. have it, especially those that I think for a lot of people, they, they look at their situation and go, oh, man, well, especially me, I know exactly. I may not know it on the same level, but kind of goes to like, oh, man, you know. I'm so sorry this happened. People are like, "Man, I'm I'm all right with it. Like, I'm cool. I'm still living my life. I'm I'm st- and to me, like, I kind of find it cool to be disabled. Truthfully, like, kind of cool to be like, oh, you know, this is my thing that that I have. So um, you're you're okay with you know like a somebody who has is it like an amputee getting a Cybertronic arm? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Have you seen the? Is it is it the dolphin? Did you see that? When, when the dolphin that they gave the it? robotic fin? Yeah. Yeah, they made a whole movie about it. Yeah, like I'm cool with that. Yeah, kind of stuff. I well, what it's especially called. with like the vets too. Like they didn't really have like a choice. Like for me, like if I was like, oh yeah, I want to do it, and you know, cut off my legs or whatever, to do it. That's when I think the plan. But like you know, they didn't really have a choice, and I think too mm. that helps with their way of like because you know, two people use um, prosthetics, anyways, which I think those are cool. But I think if you had something like that, that could help because you know, prosthetics are great, but sometimes they don't fully help you with the function of it, but. T, you got anything else? No. So I want to ask one last thing, and and I'm gonna let you totally take this. But what yeah. is the greatest advice that you've ever gotten, and what is the best advice you could give to anybody who's listening? So I think the best advice I've ever gotten will also be kind of what I can turn it into. So my parents have given me the best advice. I, there's a couple things, you know. I've always been told be the hardest worker in the room. Um, that's a great piece of advice. But the biggest thing that I was told from a young age was, um, Bryson, you know, you're disabled. You have muscular dystrophy. You're not different than anybody else, but that's just the truth. That's what you have. My parents said, when you grow up, what you need to do is you, you don't need to use it as an excuse. Don't let your disability define you. You define your disability. And that's something that's always stuck with me. That's the best piece of advice. And I think that goes for any situation. Don't let your circumstances define you. You define them. And I think for me, that's been the greatest piece of advice that I could ever get from my parents. And um, my parents, in my opinion, they are some of the strongest people I know. They hide, they, they try to hide it a lot, um, but they do. They've been really great to me. They take care of me. I've never had to ask for anything because they've always been there for me. Um, but, yeah, they've always been very like, Bryce, you can do anything that you want to do. 
Uh, and they're my sometimes my biggest critics, but they should be. You know, they're mm-hmm. your parents. I don't call it critics. I call them they, they're um, giving me constructive criticism. But they're also my biggest supporters. And I think for them being told, like, you can do anything you want. I think with a lot of people with disability, I, I see this through the new project is that I'm a part of the Ronnie Cheryl Project. It's a great project, but, you know, I don't think that – I think the disabled community is the most discriminated upon community. Um, and I say that because, you know, there's some rules in the ADA that are interesting. Um, but at the same time, I think that disabled people um, have got to seat at the table. I think it's only going to improve. But there are a lot of people that after they get out of high school, it's over. They don't know what to do. Um, and it's really sad. And for me, I've always felt like because I'm disabled, I have to work twice as hard. Um, to get the recognition and the respect I feel I deserve. and um, But, yeah, just define, define your circumstance. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything because I'm going to tell you, if you put your mind to it and you put your heart and soul into it, you're going to go far. And that's, that's if, if you keep a passion for what you love, nobody's going to stop you. That's just the truth of the matter. If you really love your craft, you put the time, you put the hard work in, man, you're going to define your situation. You're going to go far. But... That's the best piece of advice I've ever gotten. Bryson, define your disability. Don't let it define you. Um, so that's something I would I would give to others. Um, but, man, I'm just so thankful to be a vessel, like I said. And um, I think that's something that I think everybody has the spirit in them to go and accomplish great things. And um, I'm just thankful uh, for all that I have accomplished and all that's in the future. I don't know what's in the future, but, hey, that's an exciting thought, though, is that I don't know where the future is going to take me. Um, it's overwhelming at times, but it's like, man, you know what? Good. I don't, I don't want to have the answers. Uh, but, yeah, definitely define your circumstance. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything because I guarantee you can. That's awesome. T, you got anything? Nope. Good. Well, Bryson, thanks for just um, your openness, and thank you for just being here and being an inspiration to me. Uh, I very rarely get emotional, but, you know, listening to you talk about certain things, you know, it's it's hard not to get emotional. And um, thank you for being an inspiration to, to me. And I saw T really engaged and listening to what you had to say. And Funny guy. Funny guy um, <laughs> I will say, man, you should do some stand-up comedy. Cause I, can't, I can't. I, I, th- I can't. I think stand you'd up, ace so. it. I think you'd ace it. Oh. <laughs> It'd be sit-down comedy, but. Sorry, you walked into that, not me. This guy. We're going to get you back on. I mean, listen, man, you walked into it, not me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, man. Get him out of here. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But thank you for having me on, man. I have been uh, keeping a track of all that you're doing. Uh, Nathan constantly brags about you. So, man, I'm really, I was really honored when you texted me to be on the project, man. I'm excited to see how this comes out. Dude, keep fighting a good fight. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. I, I hope you come back on over the summer. Yeah, man, most definitely. And do some uh, sit-down comedy. Yeah, hey, I'm cool with that. I'm trying to, now I'm choosing my words carefully. He's going to get you. He probably will. Uh, but yeah, I would love to have you back on over the summer. Man, uh, most definitely. I'd, congratulations I'd love to on your undergraduate degree. Thanks, man. I appreciate I, it. I'm excited, and I love you, and I think you're going to do some awesome stuff in the next two years. And I think you're going to do some awesome stuff for the next two decades. So thanks, Matt. Yeah. Same to you. I, I appreciate it, and uh, I I'm thankful for for this for this opportunity. And man, it's been a lot of fun. I'm excited for the to come back on in the future. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming back on. I really appreciate it.
and yeah awesome and that concludes our broadcast day